On today's Q&A episode, Nafisa is wondering whether there's any way to keep the small solo charm of her freelance business while also planning for an eventual exit. The real question, can you actually sell a freelance business? We've got the answer on today's episode of Freelance to Founder. Here we go. I'm Preston. And I'm Clay. And this is Freelance to Founder. You're listening to a Q&A episode where listeners like you from around the world write in to ask us questions about freelancing or building an agency. We've each built multiple six or seven figure businesses. On this show, we're changing the lives of everyday freelancers just like you. Discovering this podcast a few months ago really like changed the trajectory of my journey. Really, really valuable stuff. I've made a ton of notes and I plan to put this stuff into action immediately. Discovering that I'm a founder instead of freelancer has been amazing for me. If you're ready to push past hourly rates and build a business that sets you free, then you've got to join us. Just submit your question at freelance2founder.com slash ask and we'll do our best to answer it. And we'll be right back with today's question right after this. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs, and did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. My name is Preston Lee with Milo.co and joining me on the air today, of course, is my friend Clay Mosley from GetDripify.com. Hey, Clay. Hey, how's it going? Going well, man. Um, we got a question from another listener today. Man, we love, by the way, hearing from you guys. So much fun. Uh, 
you can submit a question at freelance2founder.com slash ask. We'll do our very best to answer it. We won't have all the answers, but we certainly have some experience. We'd love to throw up against your answer and see if that helps you get to the right conclusion. Uh, we have a, a question from Nafisa, and Nafisa says, um, well, I'm gonna, well, I'm gonna paraphrase, because it's a bit of a long question, but essentially Nafisa's wondering, like, what's the best way to, um, to grow a freelance business with an exit in mind, so potentially, you know, selling the company uh, or something like that, but with an exit in mind, but without growing an agency, and if that's and if that's possible, it's kind of kind of really the question. So, um, essentially, Nafisa says, uh, my question is, how can I grow this business in line with that original spirit, meaning, you know. Uh, sort of a small one-person business, a freelance business, but with yeah. an exit in mind. Uh, do you have any? Do you have any thoughts on that, Clay? What What strikes you first? If If you think about like exit, um, an exit strategy, and maybe actually before I get your answer on it, Clay, let's let's just make sure all the listeners we're all on the same page. An exit strategy is is when you have a business and and from the beginning, or at least at some point in growing your business, you're thinking, okay, how am I going to get out of this business? What's that going to look like at some point? Whether that's Instead of just like retiring and letting the business die, am I going to sell it? Am I going to, you know, hire someone to manage it? Am I going to license it? Am I going to, like, what's my strategy? Once I'm done with the business, how, how am I going to benefit from actually leaving the business? So that's, that's kind of ex- exit strategy talk. Clay, what, what do you think, man? Uh, did, did he mention what kind of freelance business? Uh, like web... Or no? Um, sorry, it's a really long question. So I'm reading through. I don't see. Lots of folks. Just skill agency model. No. That's all right. I'll, I'll let you know. I'll um, keep reading while you. While yeah, you while you're looking at. So the way I, I view this, I actually did this on the last sale that I did. Um, so what. So my first agency, I sold the agency the company as a whole. Um, the second time around, I actually sold, I didn't sell my company. I sold my book of business. Mm. So that's essentially what I think that's the difference between the two. Um, because when you sell an agency, it comes with all the employees. It comes with all the equipment, all the the clients, the book of business, the brand, right? The brand's a big one. Mm-hmm. When you sell a book of business, um, you're essentially like just selling the client agreements, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess you yeah, could yeah, yeah. you could sell like your brand and stuff. It, you can do it any which way you want as long as both parties agree. Um, but I think the core part here is selling the book because that's the most valuable part. Okay. Uh, Yeah. In in this case. So let's dig into that a little bit more because, so first of all, I I found Nafisa's website. She is an editor and a writer. Oh, she. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so she, you know, she talks in her, in her question about writing assignments. So I think primarily she's doing freelance writing. Um, Her website points out that she also does, you know, editing strategy, things like that. But. Um, oh, that's tough, though. That's tough, in well, my opinion. Well, okay. So, yeah. So, so break that open for me. Why is that harder? So, you sold a book of business. Did your clients have any say in that? Like, how do you sell a client relationship? Um, so, 
No, my clients didn't have any say. <laughs> now, they they had the, I mean, yes, they do. They had the option of like whether or not they wanted to stay with the new person. Because um, you're because they, you were like on a on a recurring payment plan or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the way my my con my contracts were set up were they're all monthly. Yeah. So like they could just leave whatever, and some of them did. Yeah. And but that that was the expectation, right? right. That some of them would leave. Um, but the, the the reason why my my book of business was valuable is because it is all of it was monthly recurring revenue. Yeah. And so what the reason why I say this one's tough is because if it's writing gigs, uh, those are typically like those are one off projects. Well, and sometimes I, I don't know. I know a fair amount of writers that like, you know, they'll write two or three blog posts a month for a client. Oh, that's that true. Kind of, OK, that's fair. Know, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, I would say it, it's it's easier and more valuable if there is some MRR, monthly yeah. recurring revenue. Yeah. If there's not, it's going to be very difficult to sell. I agree with that. I, I was trying to think through like what, you know, with, anytime you think through an exit strategy, you want to say like, what are the assets? What of value mm -hmm. can I actually turn over? And if you're the only thing that's valuable in your business, then you can't, obviously you can't sell, you know, you yeah. working at someone else's company. So then you have to start to think like, how can I start to build assets? In fact, Nafisa says like some people have recommended she build courses and things like that. I think that's fine building some of those kinds of assets that you could then later sell. But, um, but having clients who are paying you a monthly recurring revenue, that's an mm -hmm. asset. That's something you can sell. I think, I think to a buyer, the most, the most attractive thing to a company that they're potentially looking at buying is the ability to produce future revenue. Mm-hmm. Right. If there's monthly recurring revenue built in and it's in place, like it's easy to calculate how much revenue is going to be coming in for the foreseeable yeah. foreseeable future. Um, but if it's if there's no monthly recurring revenue, like how do that's not how do I know? Because you when know? A, when someone's working on buying a business, they're focused on the ROI. Right. How long will it take me to break yeah. even on this investment? How much can we make in the future on this investment? And so they're saying like, well, if they have, you know, a thousand dollars a month in recurring revenue and I'm and I paid, you know, twenty five grand for this book of business or whatever, it's gonna take me twenty five months before I'm break even and then everything else is gravy. And those are those kinds of questions that business owners are asking themselves. So it's good to keep mm -hmm. in mind I agree with that. It's good to keep that in mind, their mentality in mind, um, as you prepare mm -hmm. or build a business that you can actually sell. Yep. I would yeah, say too, I think there's oh, more sorry, go ahead. Well, well, I was gonna say I think there's more information we didn't, we need to know, but yeah, I think that's pretty pretty general good advice. Yeah, I think for me, like closing thoughts is remove yourself from the business as much as possible. Yeah. Um, like, because yeah. because the other thing that that someone's looking for when they come in and buy a business is like, how involved do I have to be, right? And so if you already have like systems and processes set up with subcontractors, and now I know we're sort of getting into this territory of building an agency, so I get that there's like a fine line there, but you know, let's say you have a few subcontractors who know exactly how to do the work that you do. You have some clients that are on recurring. You can essentially step out of the business. That's so easy to sell because you approach a business owner or they approach you and you say, yeah, this is turnkey. You literally just have to like, you know, mm -hmm. sort of manage the relationship between the subcontractors and the clients and 
they all know mm-hmm. what to do already. They're already paying for it. It's already happening. You just come right in and, and you know, add that's, your own. That's dancing the, the agency line, though. It is. It totally is. <laughs> yeah. totally is. It's getting yeah. maybe a little too close for for uh, Nafisa's taste there. But I don't know. For me, for me, it's like if you really care about selling a business, you have to remove yourself out of it. I think I think that's, yeah, I would agree with that. You know? Yeah. So. Because, like, you the, the, the thing that how you evaluate a business is, you know, it's based off EBITDA. Um, so it's an accounting term. If you don't know earnings before interest and taxes and depreciation or something. Something like Um, that. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, there's a multiplier. There's a multiplier depending on the industry. So you take your, whatever the line is for the last 12 months of your EBITDA. And let's just say, I don't know, a million dollars. And you times it by the multiplier. And now that multiplier is going to be a number, you know, obviously above zero um, and it can go up as high as whatever. Um, so I, I know like for, for example, with the, bev- the beverage industry, the multiplier is really high. It's like 10 or 20 X. Mm-hmm. But like I know for a, a medical professional, like a chiropractor, it's more like 0.7 or 0.8. Oh, wow. So it's less than one because it is heavily reliant on the actual chiropractor mm. because a lot of the patients want to see that specific that, chiropractor. Yeah, that sense. So like it's going to be you know less than one. So like I think this is going to be the case in, in, in the case of a freelance business. Um, it's going to be way less than one in my opinion. Mm. Unless there's MRR. Yeah. Unless there's MRR. Yeah. yeah that, again, coming back to that, if there's something that's living on without you, that can live on without you, then that's what people are looking for. I also, this this actually reminded me, so I have a friend who sold his business. Um, this was a rather large business, so not all of it applies, but, but it reminded me that he, you know, a lot of people will do in their exit strategy or in the in the transition period, they'll do like, I'll stay on for two years and help you transition everything or whatever. You could consider that too as a freelancer is like, yeah, a lot of the mm-hmm. clients want to work with you, but you know, what if we, what if we tag teamed for a year, right? And then they all begin to know you buyer, the, the new person owning a business. And then after a year I'm out and, and you give me the, the rest of the payment for the business, but now all the clients know you and love you and, and they won't even really notice the, the transition as much as, you know, as, as opposed to like overnight it's owned and run yeah. by a different person. So that's an option too, but yeah okay well nafisa hopefully that was helpful and uh, we wish you the best of luck as you as you figure out your exit strategy clay mosley from getdripify.com i've been preston lee with Milo.co, and we'll talk to you guys next time see ya thanks for listening to this episode of freelance to founder a collaboration between Milo, dripify and the podglomerate you can find links to my business Milo, clay's business dripify and of course our podcasting partner the podglomerate all in the description of this episode remember to call in for your own episode at freelancetofounder.com a very special thank you to the members of the Milo and podglomerate teams who work behind the scenes to make this production possible to stream past episodes visit freelancetofounder.com or search freelance to founder wherever you get your podcasts And that's it for now. Until next time, see ya. We will see you guys on the next episode of Freelance to Founder.